everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and if you're brand new to this show, this show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So, what is going on today? Today we have a very amazing interview. I interviewed Chase, aka at Mana Curves, who is seen on Twitter, uh, Twitch, and now she just has a YouTube channel. She also has a Magic the Gathering podcast as well called Best of Three, which can be found on Twitter at Listen to Bo Three, and uh, she's just an all-around really awesome person. She also writes some magic articles as well too, called Cabal Therapy. Uh, had a really awesome time. It is a little bit of a long interview, but it was it's very well worth it. I enjoyed the hell out of the interview, and she's a very awesome, amazing person as well too. So before we begin, uh, let's just get some stuff out of the way here. If you want to help support Magic with Zuby, you can help support Magic Wazubi on Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwazubi. The link is in the description below. Uh, Magic Wazubi is now finally on Spotify. Finally! I've been trying to get it on for years, and I didn't realize this year they changed the podcast submission guidelines, and it went up like that instead of me waiting for months and nothing happened. Uh, yeah, so Magic Zuby can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. Also on YouTube. Just search for Magic Zuby on YouTube if you're watching this video. Um, and then also, this podcast is also sponsored by LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG.com is the best place to buy Magic singles and sealed product out there. Any order over $2 or more has free shipping at LegitMTG.com. And yeah, so let's get on with the interview, and I hope you enjoy it. So, okay, uh, we're starting here. So, Zuby here, and I have on with me tonight uh, Chase, uh, aka might know her also as Mana Curves, who is, you do a lot of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You have another podcast called, uh, what is it? Best of Three Podcast. I was almost mm-hmm. reading the Twitter name, Listen to Best yeah, of Three. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard to, you want to say Listen to Best yeah. of Three a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Best of Three podcast, which it looks like it just debuted mm-hmm. this year. And then mm-hmm. you also have a Twitch stream, which it looks like it's picking up a lot of steam. And then mm-hmm. I also, I noticed you just released a YouTube channel. Looks like you're starting to put yeah. some of your streams on there. The other thing that mm-hmm. I also uh, like that you've done is the uh, Cabal Therapy columns that yeah. you do you did on Master of Magics. Um, looks like it's been a couple months since you've let you written your last one, but I really did enjoy mm-hmm. them. Um, so okay. I guess uh, to start off with, um, how's it going? <laughs> it's good. Uh, extremely tired, uh, extremely stressed, super busy schedule, but yeah. I'm making it work as best I can. And I just um, had like some nitro from Starbucks. So I'm like feeling it right now. Like I'm oh, like, man. I'm like, I'm like in my like space where I'm like, yeah, I can do anything and everything. So oh. I'm like super chipper. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's. I'm not too much of a coffee drinker. I'm definitely more of I'll have an energy drink once in a while. And that's like I can't go to sleep at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I liked coffee because I love the smell of it. But I just mm-hmm. I've tried it every every other way. And I just can't stand the taste of it no matter what how I've tried it. Yeah, I am a, a bit of a fiend with coffee because um, I part time at a Starbucks. And it used to be now that um, it would be like very bitter to me. And I would just get like a latte, which is like shots, maybe some flavoring and milk. And now I just get straight up like shots with like some flavoring, no milk and just drink it like that. And I'm a monster because I usually uh, I'm cutting back now. But my uh, amount of shots a day was like 
seven to eight shots a day. <laughs> oh man, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of espresso. That's a lot yeah. of caffeine. Oh man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do have to say, I do like the artwork you have behind you right there. The Black Lotus. Yeah, um, it's part of my little overlay. <laughs> it's, it's really awesome. Um, my yeah. wife, she actually got a Black Lotus tattoo. Um, mm. And it's really, really awesome. Um, so I guess to start off with, um, how I, I guess I want to know, how long have you been doing content creation? Because I remember you sort of popping mm. up on the Twitter scene. And then mm. um, I don't remember exactly when you started streaming or um really doing a lot of the other stuff so uh, take us through yeah. when you started doing that so it's been a little bit weird because by definition of content creation is constantly changing um i'm like very self-critical <laughs> so for a while i kind of defined it as just me being myself on twitter and on the internet and just kind of doing jokey things and mm-hmm. um stuff like that and that was kind of what it defined as content creation for a while but then like slowly uh, after time i started to kind of beat myself up a little bit as i tend to do <laughs> and i was like okay i want to do more with this so i um i believe yeah i did start the uh i did the articles first uh Cabal therapy, which was absolutely fantastic um, because mental health is something that's really important to me and mm-hmm. something that I have been studying for. This will be technically six years, <laughs> so a really long time. Um, and so I wanted to integrate two things I loved a lot, and I was able to do that uh, with Master of Magics, and it was absolutely fantastic to do that. Um, and then after that, I wanted to branch out and do more but I didn't really have the means to do so and I was kind of struggling with that so I ended up um, starting a podcast with two of my friends uh, who are local to my area uh, Mike and Jose they are my co-hosts on Best of Three Uh, Mike's shout out to Mike and Jose (laughs) Um, Mike is uh, at O'Malley and Jose is a tired tracker i believe it's tired tracker if i get that wrong he's gonna be mad at me (laughs) yeah that's what it looks like it's at o'malley underscore then at tired tracker we it took us forever to come up with a username for jose because we were like get on twitter and he's like i don't know what i'm gonna be and michael's like dude (laughs) just choose this one he's like it's perfect (laughs) um And then I started doing best of three because uh, Mike is a judge at my LGS. Oh, nice. And he was like, I really want to get back into podcasting. You know, he posted on Facebook and I was like, I really want to do this. Like, please include me. And then he uh, picked me up. He picked Jose up and we were like, we really want to be consistent with this. We don't want this to be something that like we talk about doing and then we do maybe twice and then we stop. And yeah. so now we're we're consistently doing it. And for all of us, that's really fantastic because we hold each other accountable. Um, that's good that's good and as for streaming i started streaming in i want to say early mid august um of this year i started streaming um i feel like you did it longer than that yeah i know right Right? i'm I'm like 99 percent sure i know it was in august because i remember i was like i need a desktop and i was like i'll ask for a desktop for my birthday so it was like I really I it's really hard to pin it down because I I was very dumb and uh, did not figure out how to archive my streams until like le- like two weeks ago. <laughs> so I just figured out how to do that. But I'm pretty sure it was like early mid August. I know it was in somewhere in August. I know I started there. Now I feel really bad for not knowing my start. I should probably oh, no, that's Google fine. it. That's fine. <laughs> um, but I did that and it was absolutely fantastic because um a lot of people helped get me 
to where I am now where I can stream because I did not have, I certainly did not have the means to do it. When I first started streaming, I had a jerry rig of like my old laptop that was Mm -hmm. like over five years old that if you took the charger out, it would die immediately. Um, This wonderful webcam a friend gave to me. um, And uh, that was it. I was struggling (laughs) until I uh, was able to uh, get this uh, desktop as a gift birthday gift thanks dad (laughs) yeah shout out to the parents right there yeah right and then my monitor exploded so i had to buy a new one and thank god for credit cards because that's how i was able to afford it yeah (laughs) be careful with those don't don't overspend too much oh i know honestly that's like looming over my head yeah it it gets so easy to just Mm -hmm. like yeah i'll pay for it later and then you're like oh shit now i'm like 10 grand in debt not speaking yeah. of experience or anything like that. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then I was picked up by Mage Market. Uh, backtracking a little bit, I got picked up in by Mage Market. I want to say July, like late July, because um, I'm pretty sure it was like late July because then the August period rolled around, um, and we go by a monthly thing. And uh, they were absolutely like Mage Market is absolutely fantastic. Not saying that. For the whole sponsorship thing but mage market has seriously contributed to my confidence and my growth as wow. a streamer or content creator they are very supportive um not in terms of just like you know like like sponsored content but they like mm-hmm. really like encourage you as a person and for someone like me who's not like a competitive player who you know i feel like is like sort of like the average magic player yeah. you know it meant like the world to me um having them like take some interest in me and what i do so that was like really big for me so do they help you out and well i guess i guess what i mean by helping out do they work with you a lot mm-hmm. one-on-one or yeah so mage market you usually see their twitter and you think oh it's just like a big company but really you really yeah. when i interact with them it's it's on like a one-on-one like i will literally just like pull up twitter you know and i'll like <laughs> i'll like dm beer and i'll be like hey i have this really cool idea for something do you want to do this and he's like yeah i really like that idea or i'll like message daniel and i'm like okay like these are these things that i wrote like i really want your opinion on them and like he'll like message me back and like they're they're very serious about the whole like it's not just like you get like a robot sort of answer or you get yeah. like business days like they really take the time to like listen to you um which is absolutely fantastic and i really appreciate that well no that's good um i i feel like i remember them because i i feel like i remember mage market they were they were another company or they had another website before this and i cannot remember what it was snap cardster i think it was yeah i think that's what it that's what it was it and um Mm -hmm. i have not i i mean i've seen their website um i haven't Mm -hmm. i haven't really checked out their ios app because i've heard the um what do you call it the the card scan is supposed to be really good on the smartphones phenomenal oh my god like i'm i'm being i really trying to like convey how genuine i am about it well no, and, and this like isn't a so paid sponsor good. this isn't no, it's like not. like she told like, me to say any of this is it just i'm more curious for my own self it's more it's than anything fantastic it's so good like it picks up it picks up everything like i um i actually have a play mat with some magic art on it mm-hmm. and i like pulled out like i pulled my deck out and i had the app up and i like had my like my phone hovering and it read the art on the play mat and pulled up the car like it's a very responsive um function that i was really surprised about because there's a lot of other apps that i used to use where the function would 
be either very wrong or you would have to have it against like a blank surface and it would like yeah have to have no sleeve you have to make sure that the lighting's right and that there's no glare and this thing just reads it perfectly honestly that's like my favorite thing (laughs) is that it's just really seamless which uh, is kind of phenomenal to me because scanning cards is a bit of a difficult time for me oh yeah yeah oh yeah it's um it's something that i know i've tried so many other apps to do because you know you want to sell collections online or, or at least get an inventory of what you have um, and I know I've tried many other apps and they just always seem to be terrible. And so you end <laughs> up, so if you're like me, you end up opening up a spreadsheet and just typing out each one, one by one, and then wanting to shoot yourself in the head because you like realize, oh, I have a thousand cards I need to inventory right now. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, as for like other content creation, I also have a Patreon, um, which really is kind of where I post um, I want to do more stuff like cabal therapy on there but I am just so busy in like every oh, aspect of my life so I'm really trying to, to like um, do, do things on there that you know are fun and magic related and make me happy yeah. so like I'll I've been putting a, I've been posting a lot of like popper deck guides on there um, awesome. I also just started recently like posting work in progress like EDH lists that mm-hmm. I'm making because I find that I like the creative process of making an EDH deck but I really like it when I get input from other people and I thought like it would be really great to like get the people who you know like really want to like see my work like work with me like I just thought that yeah. was really fun and like like the ideas and like it's really cool and I also post um, I have a more fun comprehensive deck guide and so i want to write more of those uh because um it was absolutely a blast to write um but it was very time consuming it took me about like a week or two yeah just to get it to where i wanted it to be because the goal of it was to lit it it was about i want to say like 11 pages long (laughs) and it was like you're supposed to like pick it up and if you have never seen the card before don't know the card like you know how to play magic but you don't know the card you don't know the deck you pick up my deck guide you read it uh, from cover to cover and you could pilot the deck immediately and pilot it well and that was like the number one goal for me was to make sure that uh, that was something that someone can do um, it's particularly with a card like that where it's like a little bit like wonky because yeah. um, it's like he's just so up in the air with whatever you can do and uh, it was absolutely fantastic because I submitted that for the commander versus like deck submission thing and mm-hmm. it didn't get picked for the deck uh, submission episode but it did get used for that uh more fun versus more fun versus more fun versus more fun episode oh that's awesome uh, and steve Green played it and it was like ah, it was like so exciting because <laughs> i got um i got a message and they were like oh, i think he's playing your deck right now and i was like oh my god <laughs> it was awesome. like really exciting for me because that was something that i put like my heart and soul into because it i like immediately started building when it was spoiled like out of the gate i was ready for it Oh man, that's awesome. So I, I want to get into Cabal therapy a little bit here. Um, yeah. You mentioned that you've been studying uh, mental health. Is that something? Yeah. What are you? Is that something you're going to school for? Or? Yes. So um, I graduated uh, in God, my brain, 2018. Yes, I almost said 2014. I'm like, nope, that was high school. 2018 <laughs> uh, with a bachelor's of psychology uh, with a minor in German. Unrelated, okay. but I think it's just cool to say. <laughs> and I, uh, well, it's, it's a fun language and I miss speaking it because uh, I have like no one here to speak it with. And it's like, oh, are you really cool? It? Yes. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
Ooh, have and you been, um, have you been to Germany? No, I want to go so bad. Uh, I had a family who like lived in Germany for a while. Family that was born in Germany um, and kind of grew up there a little bit, and then they came mm-hmm. here. And I want to go really badly. And I'm actually trying to see if I can do like a family trip around like December, so we can go to the Weihnachtsmarkt, which will be really cool. Oh, <laughs> like fun. Christmas markets. Yeah. And they're like really like cool and gorgeous and beautiful and they sell like cute little stuff it's gonna be really cool so that's like a hope for me um that's awesome but yeah uh, but then after i graduated with my bachelor's i decided to move on and get my master's and i'm currently uh getting my master's in social work right now um which is two years so i'm in my final year and it is like the home home stretch it's been absolutely exhausting but i um i'm really excited to be done with it more so that I can actually start like practicing. Um, so, and I, mm? well, no, I was going to ask. So is that something that you're, it, it, are you wanting to try to be a social worker or are you trying to like maybe get into psychology, like a psychologist or. So when you think social worker, people usually think of like one thing, which yeah. is uh, stealing children, you know, like, you know, like yeah, child yeah, protective services. Yeah, working for child services. And that is actually, yeah, like that's really not the case. So when I was originally researching all the masters that I could do, a lot of the masters that I was looking at originally were heavily research-based, which meant that a portion of my training and my time in my master's program would be done researching. Mm-hmm. And research is very important in a field like this where we are constantly learning new techniques and learning new therapies and modalities and working with people in different populations. It's important. But that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to have that connection. I wanted to have that immediate sit down, let's talk. I want to help you. Like I wanted to work with people. Um, and so I discovered social work. And when you think social work, you usually think like the whole, you know, child protective services thing. Yeah. But really in social work, it is one of the most diverse degrees you can get in mental health. Because with a social work degree, uh, we're trained in a number of things. So we're primarily trained to, in my program at least, uh, you know, uh, different modalities of therapy, working with a variety of populations be them like substance use, you know, adolescents, adults, geriatrics, you know, we kind of choose what we want. Um, And then we work with that and learn about diagnosing, treatment, um, stuff like that. There are some people who want to do school social work, which is sort of like, you know, like be like a school social worker, which is pretty much a school counselor. Um, And so there are some people who are interested in doing that. Now, in the social work degree, you can graduate with your master's. And you can get your licensure, which makes you a licensed clinical social worker, which gives you a lot more letters at the end of your name, you know, like when you graduate. But it also um, opens up more avenues for you. So, for instance, uh, when I graduate, I can immediately start working as a therapist. I can immediately start working as a substance use counselor. I could immediately start working in geriatrics. I could start working as a case manager. I can work for the legal system. I could actually work for the FBI or the CIA, oh, nice. they have social work positions available there for trauma counselors. You know, like it's it's you can do anything with it, and that's what drew drew me to it because my original going into psychology for my bachelor's, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. If I ever want to like be like a you know like a sit down therapist, that's not me. I'm never gonna do that. And then like the last year, I was like, crap, I want to do that. <laughs> so um, 
that's kind of what it is for me. And currently, um, I've had uh, three internships. And each one I have been sort of that sit down sort of therapist that I have wanted to be. And it mm-hmm. has been a very like hard <laughs> in terms of like mental and emotional time for me in the best of ways because it's helped me grow as a person. Not only my understanding of mental health and but also myself. Um, so, and so you I'm like super happy with that. So with you interning, you'd sit in with an actual therapist and or... yeah. So pretty much how it starts out, I um, so at my first internship, I was an undergrad and I just kind of like shadowed people, walked around, yeah. asked questions, learned what they did. You know, like the basic like we're not yeah. gonna let you do anything kind of thing. Um, then in my master's program. That's kind of what it, so in my master's program, my first internship was very training intensive. They're very training intensive. Um, and pretty much you start working <laughs> for free, of course. But yeah. uh, they literally teach you what you need to do. You know, you meet with, um, you start shadowing a lot. And then you start practicing very, very, very slowly. And I mean, baby steps. Um, my first internship, I only had one client. And it was very like, you know, like, constant supervision constantly me like you know going and asking questions like you can like it's not like oh you're just like thrown you know to the wolves and good luck it's like that'd be a bit scary yeah (laughs) yeah so it's like it's like a constant like training constant supervision you i have about i want to say like four supervisors uh it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I'm constantly working with a lot of people. Um, and that kind of goes the same for where I am now is constantly um, doing training seminars, learning, getting certified in those training seminars while I'm a student because the the fees are like almost non-existent, uh, you know, just kind of going through that and just like learning and, you know. That's really, that kind of stuff. That's um yeah. I, I, that's quite commendable. Um, it's you know we always need more people like that, and I love that. Mm-hmm. You know we're getting to a point in time in our society where mental health is not so looked down upon like it used to be. Yeah, it's getting more acceptable that you know people can go to therapy and get help, and that people are getting less and less afraid of asking for help and understanding that you know depression and all these other you know mental health disease are actual diseases so you know i i have to give it up for you for for that's that's really good that there's people Mm -hmm. like you out there to you know keep keep adding on to that because it's not getting any easier out there you know i i feel like it's i listen to a lot of podcasts and one of the things i commonly hear is you know, I'm not saying everything's perfect in our society, but with the way we have come in our society, like things are way easier now compared, like, say, 100, 200 years ago. Right. And now it's to a point to where it's we're now at a point to where now we have time to actually focus on mental health issues, whereas like mm-hmm. 200 years ago, it was like. No, you had to basically survive out there. You, you didn't have time for stuff like that. It was, you know, go farming or go work at your job and, you know, that's it, you know? Well, mental health back then was heavily stigmatized as oh, being yeah. uh, something that was, like, wrong with you. And it was a choice. Oftentimes, when you look at, like, you look at, like, the two sort of divisions between mental health, you have uh, pre-modernism and then modernism <laughs> and yeah. kind of in that pre-modernism era it was viewed as you being you know 
uh, yeah, you get really sent sure away somewhere, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> a lot of times, like, and and unfortunately, still sometimes today, we see references to it being sort of like you know, like it's like a demon possessing you, yeah. or like you know, if you were more like you know, faith and it's strong in your faith, you know, like a lot of like, we still have that thing where it's either like you are defective or it is uh, an as like an aspect that is wrong with you in terms of like your religious beliefs yeah. or that you're morally wrong. And that's why you're this way or you're choosing to feel this way. And I yeah. still see that sometimes today. That's probably the um, most frustrating part is where people say you're choosing yeah. to feel sad. It's like, no, not all the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it's very hard, and I I always like to explain it to people where you know like some people might be very apprehensive about mental health, psychology, psychiatry, social work, counseling, um, where they say you know like it's just like it's like feelings, it's very abstract, and it's like not necessarily um, our brain is a is is a physical part of our body, uh, releasing chemicals that mm -hmm. influence you know the way we feel and the way we talk and the way we act, and you know one thing happens here can change everything out here and so we constantly see that um you know with like chemical imbalances within the brain or like a traumatic brain injury mm -hmm. i mean it it affects the way we react and interact with the world around us and so you know when i try and i try to explain it like that if some people are like you know it's just like abstract it's thoughts and feelings it's a social science it's very much physical as it is you know emotional psychological mental they all interconnect it's not just nature or nurture it's both <laughs> yeah no and i 100 percent agree with that and that sort of ties in with magic and in the, yeah. the fact of i mean not just your articles but have you ever read a lot of will jonathan from channel fireballs articles about i think he calls them mental mana um, no. articles so he, he he he's more of a sports psychologist where he talks with a lot of mm -hmm. athletes you know talking about winning losing and the feelings that go along with that and a lot of his articles yeah. i don't think he writes for channel fireball anymore but um he writes a lot about basically like how not to let magic burn you out or how to get over you know when you're losing 50 times in yeah. a row and stuff like that and i love those kind of articles because you know it's we all go through those feelings of um you know you lose at magic or, or just any game or you lose it something in life and it's really you gotta figure out you know you, you get those feelings of self-doubt where oh i'm mm -hmm. a terrible person i suck at this and all this stuff it's no it just happened you lost because you lost and something that yeah. i learned in therapy and you you probably know about it rational emotive behavior therapy Mm -hmm. um, that was something that I learned a lot of um, when I was in therapy a couple years ago. And I mean, that's something that's helped me out. And that's I try to spread that out to other people. Um, but one thing I do like about your articles, um, you know, you mm -hmm. sort of I, I, I don't see anyone else really doing it besides Will. Um, so I like that you're trying to put that in there that you know mm -hmm. that mental health is important for yeah the magic community we, we need more of that out there yeah for me magic has become my like big form of self-care um it has also become a big stressor too but it's a good stressor so a lot of the articles i wrote like the first article i wrote for 
um, cabal therapy was really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it seems like a very precursor sort of like introductory like column, but yeah. that one meant the world to me um, because it talked about making your LGSs a safe space. And safe spaces have kind of been sort of... Um, you know, mocked on the internet, you know, like it's like my safe space, like, you know, like stuff like that. And I find that that can be very negatively impactful. Um, So for me, my LGS is a place that I can go to whenever, be welcomed there with open arms, see my friends. Like I don't even have to text if they're there. I just know that at least one person I really like and know is going to be there. I can go there. I don't even have to play magic. I can just sit down and talk and just relax and like be and for me, that is fantastic. Sometimes I feel like I'm just so stressed or so bogged down or so anxious or nervous or even like frustrated or angry. I'm like, ah, oh, gosh, I need to like go someplace that I know like mm-hmm. I will feel better. And going there for me is 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 that for me? It's fantastic. Um, but that might not be the case for everybody. Um, you know, even at my LGS, we have some uh, individuals who who have said some very frustrating, you know, not so oh, kind things to uh, me. Oh, I know exactly um, what you're talking about. <laughs> and, and that'll happen to anybody at any given time, regardless of your gender identity or your sexuality or your race. You know, sometimes you're just going to like get a comment for no particular reason. Um, and for me, that's happened quite a few times. But that does not ruin the fact that it is a safe space for me because I know that I am welcome there. And that the people who run the store care about my physical and emotional and mental well-being. And that is something that every LGS should have. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, we have guidelines, you know, sort of like uh, like how Wizards has like guidelines for how stores should behave and act. Um, There are some guidelines that I feel should either be integrated or should just kind of be like an unspoken guideline. And that was what that article was about, was about, you know being respectful of like language interactions um going with a friend you know in case you you're nervous of like large crowds for instance like when i went to um the open in richmond i went by i well i didn't go by myself but like yeah i i kind of like i went by myself like i drove up with some friends um and they kind of did their own thing and i did my own thing but i just felt so overwhelmed and um you know kind of like figuring out what to do when you're feeling overwhelmed in a situation where normally you'd be like so excited and having fun in a place that and playing something that makes you feel fantastic but even you know those moments can seep in so my articles were trying to kind of target like yeah this is something that makes you feel good this is something that you do for self-care but you know it's not always going to feel great Sometimes you're going to feel bad. Sometimes you're going to feel bad when you lose. Sometimes you're going to feel anxious at a crowded FNM and you know, you've never been to FNM anymore and you want to grind like the best of them, but you're like, God, there's so many people. I just don't know what to do. I'm nervous, you know, stuff like that yeah. was what I really wanted to talk about was like the everyday player and how not only could your LGS help you, but how you could help your LGS and help your fellow players in the community uh, become more respectful, more sensitive, and caring towards one another in an aspect I feel is very stigmatized. Yeah, and the thing that frustrates me, you bring up a good point, like with the whole safe space thing, how people mock it. Um, The thing that gets me is, you know, people will talk about, you know, oh, we, you know, snowflakes and all this other crap. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is 
the bottom line it comes down to that at least from my point of view is just don't be be respectful like how you said it like just be respectful toward each other you know mm-hmm. you and i may not like each other you and i may not agree on whatever viewpoints and all that stuff but you know yeah. treat each other with respect that's where it comes down to and especially in the lgs yeah. it's i being in florida um i have had my fair share of going to lgs's that are not the most savory you know i Mm -hmm. I, I, i'm a white male so you know i don't experience the you know sexual harassment or anything like that but i definitely go around where it's i've gone to a bunch of lgs's where i feel uncomfortable where you know you see people with certain play mats and and you're like Okay, one, I don't give a crap if you have that playmat, but then you're also bringing that to a place where not only there are little kids around, but also, you know, where it can make other people feel uncomfortable too. And it's just like, mm-hmm. really? Why? You know, play play with that at home. You know, I don't give a crap what you do there. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you know, it's, I've had my fair share of, I mean, you know, so many people have complained about bathrooms at LGSs too. You know, that's always mm-hmm. a big topic. <laughs> oh, God. Um, luckily, I have an LGS in my area now that's opened up where it is awesome. And even mm-hmm. though I'm not really playing Paper Magic too much, I am doing a lot more D&D. So I've been helping build my D&D community with it, and it's been yeah. awesome. But, no, it's um, I feel I, I'm with you on that. We're just mm-hmm. – I, I really like the first article just talking about it because you – know, talking about the LGS because that's – to me, that's like the lifeblood of magic right there. Mm-hmm. Well, the LGS has been something that has continuously kept my um, my play like with magic just a, a stable constant. My, um, I mean, my one of my first jobs was at an LGS. Um, then that place it didn't go too very well. Um, but then I found a fantastic uh, LGS in my college town, and I worked there for a little while. And then when I stopped working there, I continued to play there. And whenever I go back up to my college town, I go visit them Um, because the LGS for me has gotten me so many of my friends. I mean, I I myself am a very silly person Mm -hmm. when I'm relaxed. I'm very, you know, jokey. I'm very loud. I'm like weird, you know, but that's only when I'm like relaxed and like comfortable and like I'm with friends. Oftentimes when I don't know anybody, I'm very quiet and reserved, anxious, Mm -hmm. nervous, you know, insecure um and magic was able to help you know bridge that gap and you know say you know like you know these are your people you know i know it sounds like weird but like it's like my tribe like um, all of my really good friends from college you know save for um two of my roommates who i have lived with who i lived with for a long time who aren't into magic all my friends from college were uh from my magic club in college um and a lot of my friends right now are also from my lgs um you know magic has given me an avenue to uh express myself socially in a comfortable way that was very difficult for me in the past because i could be myself because i could be that loud weird person (laughs) where i could like walk and sit down and look at somebody be like what are you building or because, you know, like we, I, I would know exactly what they're talking about or like, hey, you want to do a pickup game of Commander? Like, you know, yeah, at an exactly. LGS, it yeah. is OK to talk to strangers, <laughs> which sounds <laughs> a little weird, but it's OK to be like, hey, I like your play mat. Hey, I like your deck. That's a cool deck. What are you building? What formats do you play? And then just 
and make Cultivate. make a friend. You know, it's it's I some <laughs> of my lifelong friends now is because I met them at LGSs and you know yeah. and it's it, and that's the one thing that I love with games like Magic and D and D where it brings people together where I probably would have never met my friends otherwise and because we're two we're from two different walks of life. You know, if it wasn't for Magic, mm-hmm. I would never met them and. You know, and I'm sure the same for you too. You oh, know? without a doubt. It's um, it's and I don't. Know, it's I know with Arena coming out, especially for the past year, it's definitely mm-hmm. exploded Magic, and I do see at least in my area where Arena is starting to inject some more life into the paper game as well. Mm-hmm. It's just I always have that little fear in the back of my mind, like one day Wizards is just going to be like, nope, we're kind of we're cutting production down on paper or just I, I mean, I, I feel like they'll never do that. But yeah, I don't think they would. <laughs> <laughs> there's always just my little fear, like some top executive in Hasbro is going to be like, yeah, yeah, we'll make way more money if we just cut out paper. You know, there's I bet you there's already been talks of that, too, where it's like you motherfuckers. <laughs> I feel like if there was a move from strictly paper to strictly digital, there would not only be a lot of backlash, but I feel like that that would bite wizards in the back with the oh, whole yeah. like pay to play microtransaction thing. Like it's, it's just it's very difficult. It, it's hard to put my finger on it, but it, the paper play is. There, something there, completely different yeah there's nothing like it like like you said i know most of my play now is on magic arena um and i do mm-hmm. try to at least get with my friends at least once a month to do some edh or maybe some cube yeah. or something like that mm-hmm. um but and, and there's there's no comparison even though i may have play edh once a month in paper to me that's way more fun than the five thousand games of magic arena that i've played you know yeah it, yeah honestly EDH is uh, like again it's like the bridge for me it's what gets me with my friends it's where I have fun it's where I make my connections it's where when I go to my LGS and they, they're like Chase do you want to play and then I sit down and pull up my Locust God and they go oh god you know like it's like you just don't you don't get that you don't get that online like there's oh, just no. like something about the social aspect of like ribbing on each other joking on each other you know politics you know the actual like, bickering that, back and forth yeah you may get that yeah. a little bit on magic online with, with, when yeah. you play edh there sometimes depending because you know i've played on magic online and you have a really good group that you just randomly pair up with on magic online with edh but it's yeah. very very few and far between it's most of the yeah. time you'll get someone playing the degenerate deck and you know someone just being a complete asshole and you know mm-hmm. <laughs> You normally don't get very many good people on Magic Online, for the most part. Yeah, I haven't done Magic Online yet. That's something I was actually thinking of investing in so that I could stream some of Magic Online, too, so I could get that sort of commander aspect in there that I love um, on a stream because uh, standard isn't really my thing. But yeah. for me, I have to find a deck that I enjoy playing in order to play standard. I don't care if it's a winning deck. I want to have fun playing it. Um, and I found that for myself on Arena right now. But uh, I've talked to a couple of friends. I'm like, you know what? Like $10 feels isn't that bad. I thought they got rid of the $10 fee. I just checked about two, day, two days ago. Oh, and it still said $10. Oh. Unless it was like in like the recent two days, it said oh. $10. But maybe that's not the case anymore. I'm not really sure. 
Uh, but from what I saw on on online, it said ten dollars. Yeah, it's um, if they got rid of that fee, I mean, that'd be awesome because that fee's dumb. Um, because I mean, yeah. you still have to pay for the cards, anyways. But 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 building an EDH deck, it's I sorted. I do mainly budget EDH decks on Magic Online, where I try not yeah. to spend more than five dollars on a deck, and it's. I've I've built so many more commanders on Magic Online compared to what I would have in paper. Even though it's not the best mana base, yeah. or I don't have all the good you know mana crypt and all that other crap on there, but you know it mm-hmm. it, it, it it does all right. You know I can yeah. I can win games sometimes. Um, yeah. Speaking of commander, who's your favorite commander of all time? Uh, um, out of the ones I've built, uh, Locust God. Logos guy. Uh, he that is, is my longest. Fun, yeah. That is a fun one. Um, I, I I did build him for a little bit. Then I sort of mm-hmm. changed it when Niv Mezit Perun came out. I had to change it to yeah. him, and I, I've I've fallen in love with that deck. Basically, that whole deck revolves around me drawing cards, and that's it. Yeah, I, I don't do anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, that's my Locus God deck. Um, it's my longest surviving deck. I get bored of decks very easily. I build them. I play them. I love them. I hate them. I rip them apart and begin anew. And the Locust God has survived uh, about two years. <laughs> he survived a long time. Well, he's only been. Has it only been? Has he only been out for two years? Or is I want to. I'm years? really guesstimating. I hope I. Almond I. I honestly. I feel like it just came out. Almond did not just come out because I was still like in <laughs> undergrad when Almond was out. Okay, well, I want to say Amonkhet came out in my junior year, so that would be 2017. Yeah, that, that feels like just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my longest surviving baby. Have you ever tried playing with Crufix? I have not. Are you familiar, not with Crufix. Are you familiar with Crufix? Yeah, I run Crufix in, um, or at least I did. I'm trying to remember where I ran him. Uh, he was in one of my decks, and then I ripped it apart. I don't remember which deck that I had him in, but I had him in a deck. Um, and I didn't really, like, love it. Like, I did not, like, fall in love with Crufix as a commander. He, um, for me to... What I was going to say, he's definitely my favorite, but I play him because my favorite archetype is control. So I definitely play it more as rampy control type commander. So it's, I love it. Yeah. So you got me too. Well, no, no. What were you going to (laughs) say? I'm going to keep interrupting you. I'm going to keep interrupting (laughs) you. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, For me to build a commander, I need to like fall in love with it at first sight. Yeah. Um, It's very weird. No, I, I know uh, what you like mean. I'm, even though I have like, I have to look one, two, three, four, five, six. Even though I have seven commander decks, um, I used to have a mm-hmm. lot more. I almost had twenty at one point, and then just like you, I got sick and tired of pretty much tired of them all, and just took them all apart, and then rebuilt the seven that I have now. Um, it's I'm very picky on what kind of commander I want to build. I can't just find anything and be like oh i can build a commander deck out of it because it's to the point now where and maybe you feel the same way where you see a commander you see like okay it could be fun but it feels so one-dimensional right yes i need a deck to challenge me 
um, for me, or well, for me to think to play it, um, or like for there to be specific strategies. So I used to have about seven commander decks at, at, at any given time, like six to seven at one point. Mm-hmm. Now I have three functional um, and two <laughs> currently in the works. They're almost done. Um, I've had every commander you can think of under the sun. I had Atraxa, Elish Norn. Um, I had Azuri. I had the uh, I had Animar. I had oh, uh, uh. The, the the Snake Lord, whose name I can't. Ara, Ara, it's like the it's the Arachi, but he was like it was oh, a weird like oh. civic Snake Lord. Him. Yeah, I can't remember. I know who you're talking. Yeah, about it's been a while. I had Nor in the Wary, and that was a mono red chaos deck. Oh, I that had be a fun deck. I had Maronar. I had um I. Oh God, I've had so many decks, um, but now I currently have three functional. Uh, well, maybe four functional. My brain's a little weird with my deck uh, decks. I have Atlapalani Nest Tender, which is Naya. Mm-hmm. I have Locust God, which is it. I have Two Boss of the Sunlit, which is uh, Bant. I have four, and uh, Morphon, which is five color. Um, and those are my current functioning decks uh, I have at the moment. Nice, nice. It's mm-hmm. um. I just recently built, um, fuck, who did I just recently build? Um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank now. Um, <laughs> I just recently, oh no, I, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to go look. I recently, well, I recently rebuilt Re- Rise the Redeem or Risk the Redeem, or however you say it. Yeah. The Selesnya one. Um, and he's just more of my token go wide deck. He's my only deck that doesn't have blue in it. Actually, wait, no, I mm-hmm. lie. I also have Omnath, Locus of Rage. Uh, yeah. But then I, I do want to build the new Teamer Omnath and just make it more of a controlly elemental deck. Uh, you remind me, I've also had Edgar. I've also had Azusa. I have had... Ed, oh, Ed, Ed, Edgar can be fun, but... Edgar. He, he's just, at least the way I built him, he was very aggro-y. What? Yes. I've had a Sliver deck. I had Sliver Hive Lord. Uh, I've had a lot of decks like all of them are coming back to me all of a sudden (laughs) but I agree with you on Edgar because when I had Edgar I play I built him I played him he won and that's it yeah it it just felt like you you just go wide swing in oh they wipe your board okay I'm just gonna play more vampires cool yeah we're fine and yeah yeah, it it, it felt kind of plain but no I I like that you built slivers because I didn't I didn't have sliver legion even though he was in my deck I played sliver overlord where yes. you just dig through, tutor through every single sliver, and that would that would be the only magic deck my wife would play because mm-hmm. she, she knows how to play, but she's not a big fan of magic. But she yeah. would only ever play slivers, and I hated playing against her because she yeah. would she just knew all the good slivers and be like, nope, all my slivers are unblockable. They have shroud, oh, and yeah. shadow, and fear, and I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, yes. screw you. <laughs> yeah, slivers slivers get pretty gross. Yeah, it gets disgusting. I've had Hepatra. I keep remembering them. They're all H- coming Hepatra. back to me now. That's Hep- the Golgari one, right? With the yeah, poison even, counters or something? Or? Yeah, I foiled that out, too. Oh, damn. And then I took it apart because I my playgroup hated me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it got oh. less fun to play it. I, I remember another deck that I just recently built, um, Grand Arbiter. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. and, and that is probably my most degenerate deck. And I only yeah. play it when... Because my friend has a ridiculous Nekasar deck, and then my other friend has a ridiculous Animar deck that 
I hate everything you're just saying. That's like so gross. <laughs> and Nekazar, I hate. Yeah, I hate Nekazar and I hate Animar, and they both mm-hmm. have infinite combos in them. So I'm like, oh, yeah. so I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna play Grand Arbiter and just not allow you to do anything. And my yeah. own, my only win con in the deck is Approach of the Second Sun. That's it. Everything else oh is I'm just gonna God. stop you from doing everything. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I man. I like kind of having like the combos like that. Like in my um Atla deck, I have the Polyraptor deal damage sort of combo, oh, um, or just get infinite Polyraptors. Um, <laughs> yeah, in my uh, Locust God deck, I have uh, two win cons to uh, mill myself to death, and win that way. Does <laughs> one of them include was the Arcane adaptation? Uh, so no. So one of the ways that I like to do, and both of them involve the same card. Okay. So you need to have Locust God out in the field already for this to work. Mm-hmm. And at least you know, like, a card in your hand to draw. So you're gonna want to play the card called Kindred, uh, Kindred Discovery, which I believe is three and two blue, or two and two blue. I'm pretty sure it's three and two blue. And you name a creature type, and whenever that, that's a creature the one t- I was thinking of, not yes. Arcane Adaptation. Yeah. So whenever creature type. ETBs or yeah. attacks, you no, draw no, a card. It, yeah, it's as as it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Whenever a creature you control yeah. the chosen type enters the battlefield or attacks, draw a card. Yeah, yeah exactly. I remember this. So one. with uh, Locust God, <laughs> that is lethal for yourself unless you have uh, one of two cards out on the battlefield. And I uh, usually go with my Lad Maniac. He's my tried and true. Mm-hmm. Love you, baby. Um, but recently, <laughs> the new Jace um, is another way oh, to do that that's because. Right. I played my uh, I played a commander game. Actually, you can like look on Twitter. It was like I played Thursday, um, and there's a little four tweet thread. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I played four games. I won every single one of the games I played, and I won with Jace because he seems pretty innocuous when you put him out. He's he's not like one that you look at and you go, oh my god, like the mind sculptor. You know, you're not like wowed by him. Um, so I played him, and my opponents just were like, cool, okay. And then I they, was they like, cool. Him. Yeah, I ignored <laughs> him. And so what happened was I played. Uh, I played uh, Kinder Discovery, and then I wheeled myself, and I was like, uh, "I win," because I had Jace out. And they're like, "What?" I'm like, yeah, I uh, mill myself to death, and uh, Jace says I win, so I win. <laughs> 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 they like looked at their hands. They were all I like waited till they were all tapped out to do it too, because I was like, "This has never happened before." Like usually when they see Lab Maniac, they're like, "Oh crap, it's Lab Maniac." They don't they they, they just they, I've never been able to pull it off yeah. the Jace way. So when I did that, I felt like pretty good about that. I like awesome. ridiculous ways to win. Like my favorite way to win, and I have won this way before, is in my Morphon deck. Uh, which is a changeling and lord tribal. Mm-hmm. So it runs cards like Arcane Adaptation. Uh, every creature that is not a lord in that deck is a changeling, specifically. It cannot be just a shapeshifter. It has to be a changeling. And I'll play car- a card. It's, this is the only win con in that deck that's like, if I do this, I win. Uh, Liliana's Contract. Because <laughs> uh, oh, in ETB, that, I draw demons. a certain amount of cards. Yeah, if you control four or more demons with different names, you win the game. And I do every oh time. Oh God, that's yeah. It's <laughs> you degenerate. get it every it's, single time, or yeah. That's awesome. I don't even run any regular demons in that deck. I just have that in there because I'm like, you know what? It gets me card draw. I do lose some life, but you know there is the option of me winning. And I played it one time, and I passed the turn, and my look. They looked at me, and I was like, by the way, I'm just gonna let you know I'm gonna win next turn when it rolls back down to me because it was a three pod. Yeah, yeah you got to tell them you got to kill me now or I win. Yeah, and I, my <laughs> opponent looked at me and he goes, how? And I'm like. 
I have a contract. I have uh, four uh, changelings out. And he he looked at his hand. And he looked at me. And he was like, he looked at his opponent. He's like, I, I don't think I have anything to take care of that. And he's like, do you have anything to take care of that? And he's like, I don't know if I have anything to take care of that. And I was like, cool, okay. <laughs> one more round. And then they one more round. And I was like, cool, I win. <laughs> like doing it that way is like really, I like the really weird ways to win like the way that like kills yourself and you win or the way that's like okay i'm just gonna remain passive here and win (laughs) stuff like that is like super fun for me and uh, i i love that and see that's what that's what attracts me to certain commanders is weird ways like that too and like a a new commander that i built i think this year or last year um was the new nickel bolus nickel bolus the ravenger from m19 um Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I could have used OG Nicol Bolas, but I decided to use the Ravager because I basically built that deck as a thief deck where I'm just going to steal mm-hmm. everything that you have. So yeah. so I I make sure like, okay, okay, you're playing all this cool stuff. Now, this is all my cool stuff. <laughs> so I basically just try to play their deck. Um, I love that way. Um, yeah. As you can probably tell, Control is definitely my favorite archetype here. It's blue is my favorite color. Um, in magic, I know. Yeah, I'm mine evil. too. If uh, you know Pixie Kitten, yes, Pixie Kitten plays. She hates blue, so Pixie, if you're listening, um, blue is the best color. And I do know. love blue. And see, see, two people can't be wrong here. It's, <laughs> it's an amazing color. Like you, you play Locust God. It has blue in it. Is it oh, yeah. is actually my favorite guild? Is it in Demir are my two favorite guilds with Ravnica? Mm-hmm. And then you combine them, get Grixis, and it's like three best colors, along with Bant and. Um, Bant and what's what's the other one? Teamer, Jeskai, T- Teamer, Esper. yeah, yeah, Jeskai, Esper, yeah, all yeah. all, all of them that have blue. Yeah, all that have blue. Well, Mardu doesn't have blue. No. Um, I really do like Bant. I don't know why, because I don't like white. But when you put white with the Simic, I'm like, yeah. Oh, I cannot wait for um the brawl decks to come out. The Chulain one. I, I I need to get it so bad. I I asked my LGS. I I actually texted one of my friends, and he works there, and I was like, listen. Are they in yet? Can you like set one yeah, aside? I they came we don't out have them in. But no, they- no, he he was like, I don't think he's like, we don't have them. I think we're getting them like when it actually like full releases. And I was like, because like you usually you can buy like the Planeswalker decks during yeah. pre-release, and then they won't sell them until regular release. Yeah. But he was like, yeah, I don't think we're selling them right now. And I'm like, because I really want uh, the uh, Alela deck because I already have that deck completely built. Oh, I that, just need that's the, the fairy one, right? Yeah, without a doubt, it's very on brand for me. Also, it's just so that's good. That's true. That's true. It's so good. <laughs> so, what what is your favorite fairy card? Because oh. <laughs> because uh, Thorn of Eldraine came out with a lot of good ones, actually. Yes, yes, they did. So, um, I'm going to give like okay. So, I have a lot of answers. <laughs> so, uh, my favorite card ever that's a fairy is Bitter Blossom. That is my that's favorite a good card. One. Yeah. Um. It is. I just like. I love everything about it. I love because for me, when I first started playing, black was like the first color I played, and so uh, I really learned the whole. You know, your your life is a resource thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With that card, because you literally you, you you ping, but you get a payoff of that, and you get creatures, and I loved that. And I remember when I was playing uh, EDH, black when I was a baby. Um, I did the whole <laughs> like uh. Una's Blackguard thing with it with Bitter Blossom because I was able yeah. to do it where I played an Una's Blackguard during a Bitter Blossom, played the Bitter Blossom, and then instead of getting a one-one fairy for one life, I would get a one-one. Uh, I would get a two-two fairy for a uh, one life because Una's Blackguard, the Bitter Blossom makes uh, fairy rogues, mm-hmm. and Una's Blackguard has a rogues coming with an extra counter on it. So that Disgusting. was like, 
yeah. <laughs> so for me, like that was really cool. Um, this time around, um, there's a lot of really fantastic fairies out. Um, Alela. I like her a lot oh, because yeah. she's not only just like a fairy token generator, but she's a practical one that involves uh, enchantments, which I really love, and artifacts. So it's not just straight out fairy tribal. It's, you know, like yeah. that complex thing that you have mm-hmm. to do that gets me interested in a commander. There has to be more than just, you know, you play a fairy, you get a fairy. Uh, it, it has that extra oomph that draws yeah, me to I, a card. I, I definitely enjoyed the when the, when Arena had the Brawl event. That yes. one and Chulane were my two favorite to play. And yeah. it, it was just... The, the fairy one, I feel like if you had a really good commanding lead, it's like there yeah. was no way to stop you at that point. Without a doubt. Yeah, it, it was insane. I, I really enjoyed that one. I did too. Um, other cards that I like from this set, um, art-wise, the uh, the collector's pack of Fae of Wishes, stunning. Let me look that because I can't remember. Stunning. Because I, I, know, I know I've seen the regular art, I just don't remember the... It's beautiful. Fave. Absolutely gorgeous. Was it they consider it the showcase? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I like beautiful. that. Beautiful. Stunning. I love it. Um nice. uh in terms of ability, uh besides Alila, Hushbringer is disgusting. Yeah, and <laughs> Not the only art of it, that is ridiculous beautiful. looking too. Well, she's a redhead yeah. fairy too, which for me yeah. was like ah <laughs> like it was like two different things that mean a lot yeah. to me and it's like boom boom already in love. Um but the fact that it has a good ability too is awesome because um i kind of look at every at everything from an edh lens Mm -hmm. and so when i look at you know edh yeah you only have one copy of each card however uh edh has a lot of cards that specifically function off of etb or dying triggers um and so looking at that that card just kind of shuts that down um so like you have like stuff like panharmonicon shut down you have stuff like uh yaruk shut down um you have your token doublers shut down you yep. know stuff like that like that shuts down a lot of token decks that shuts down a lot <laughs> of like those like you know you get the extra triggers you know here's a trigger it's just like it shuts it down and for me that's really cool um i also really like it because it's it it kind of takes fairies out of the um kind of standard colors that you expect fairies to be when uh Eldrain was first announced and it was believed to be a fairy like exclusive set Mm-hmm. I got like a million tags on Twitter. Like a ton of people were like, I think I woke up to like over 90 tweets oh, in wow. my uh, mentions that morning. Um, Cause I remember being like, absolutely. Like it was just constantly like at, 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 at. Um, and so I made predictions. And so I predicted that we were going to get like Una as a planeswalker. I mean, I was kind of close. We got a fairy planeswalker. So I'll take it. Um, yeah. We got Oko. yeah. <laughs> um, and then another thing I predicted was that we would see the return of fair, green fairies as well as fairies outside of the demure colors and we got that not necessarily we didn't really get any red we don't we got no red and that's fine yeah, that's but we do have some green fairies we have some white fairies mm-hmm. which i'm very happy about uh because that kind of takes fairies out of the um archetype color archetype i guess that was yeah. just kind of uh Blue narrowed them in yeah. yeah so usually when you see fairies in magic and you can look at them in any card before Eldraine. I just want to focus solely before on Eldraine because this was, you know, I've talked about this a lot. A lot of fairies are seen as sort of like um, spies, thieves, um, surveil. Like, I mean, yeah, like you just like look in. And all that. And, yeah. yeah. So you have a bunch of cards like that. We Dragonauts, uh, fairies that are through the Ezzet working as a spies. And you have um, like uh, surveilling sprite. Um, another one, you have Metropolis Sprite. You have a fairy miscreant. You know, each of these individuals are stealing 
something or yeah, working in, in co- yeah the as covert yeah yeah so you have like these fairies in a covert sort of like i am stealing something or i am you know spying um i mean even like the regular fairies of um of lore when are you know dream thieves they 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 steal dreams um and we even have an uh, an example of a fairy in dominaria in a card it's a spell not a creature but um, fairies stealing baby teeth and like dreams and little small things and teeth like that, like mm-hmm. very weird things. So you see a lot of depictions of fairies as being sort of these like, you know, very standard blue back thieving, surveilling, you know, stuff like that. And so when we see what we have right now in um, Eldraine, we see that the inclusions are of, you know, the other fairies that we have are, yeah, we have black, yeah, we have blue. We also have green and white. Um, and the combination of like white and blue and so on and so forth. And I think that's very interesting to see because it shows that they're sort of positively aligned. For instance, you have fairy guide mother, you know, yeah. a sort of positive guiding fairy. Even the flavor text was like, ah, I think it, off the top of my head is no one is so lost that a fairy can't find them. <laughs> like very positive. Like, yeah, I like that. Like, beautiful. And I, I really like to see that because fairies, you know, were so like darkly negatively aligned in terms of I'm going to steal, I'm going to be covert, you know, I'm working, you know, like double agent, yeah. you know, like with Vendilly click and stuff like that. And we're kind of seeing a step away from that. I know that there's another white fairy that gets me confused with fairy guide mother. Like it's like the art looks very similar, but yeah, for the life of me, I can't remember. remember I mean, we head. even have, uh, I believe it's a mana dark fairy too. That's Simic. Is it, um, is it Simic? Yeah. The f- yeah, yeah it's a Simic right, fairy. Know. It's a mana dork, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, M- but Marleaf Pixie. Marleaf Pixie, yeah. Yeah. So we see some very interesting changes in terms of like the color alignments with fairy, return of fairies in different colors, which for me is very exciting because in the beginning of Magic, you would see fairies be either um, blue or green, and the original green fairies were horrible. <laughs> they were so bad. A lot of creatures back then were terrible. Yeah. Scrib Ranger, Fire Sprites, uh, Aisling Leprechaun, um, Rubinia, Pixie Queen, yeah. which I maintain is one of the worst fairy cards I've ever laid my eyes on. Um, but yeah, cards like that where you see them and they're green and they're kind of bad. And now they're in green again. And, you know, they're it's pretty good they're in white and we i we've only had as far as i know there's only one other white fairy in my mind which is glamour spinners from Shadowmore. off the top of my head at shadow um yeah, you, you may know and better it than a, i do it's i don't follow yeah. I, I don't follow the fairies that well the art so. is absolutely beautiful phenomenal the art is a depiction of two fairies it's very heavy and pink which you don't see on magic cards so for me that's yeah, one of my favorite really foils don't. because it's a pink artwork i mean it's not even just like subtle hazy like this it's like fuchsia like it's beautiful you know, speaking um, of pink um the other fairy you're talking about uh yeah. in white is the mysterious path lighter and it's there def- it is. there's definitely a lot of pink pink in that card as well yeah. too um and so like for me he's kind of seeing like those difference because glamour spinners wasn't azorius card but it's one of those cards that you could either pay blue or white um so kind of mm. seeing like the the addition now of you know like blue and white is kind of interesting i really recommend looking up the art for glamour spinners just because when i say it's like stunning i honestly like that's what it's probably my favorite foil of a fairy i own because of how 
in your face the color is on that card. You said without glamour, a doubt. Glamour spinners? Yes, oh, glamour if spinners. I, if I knew how to spell it. I was, yeah, that helps me. Okay. Okay, yeah, I like that. I, I really like the, the combination of the pink and the blue. Yes. Like that. That looks really cool. In when a foil it, that is just gorgeous. When this comes into play, attach all ores enchanting target permanent to another permanent with the same controller. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, it can be. It can oh be. Oh my gosh. Imagine if you're playing like Voltron and EDH and oh no, they mm. kill your one guy with with like 500 auras attached to it and you flash this in like, nope, now all those auras are somewhere else now. That's disgusting. This, yes, it can be. <laughs> like Glamour Spinners is a car I have never seen played and it's something I've wanted yeah. to integrate into one of my decks. And I really honestly think that it's something that is slept on as a card. Yes, the CMC is high. But in a format like EDH, where you have multiple turns, you got a lot of mana going. And, and it's plenty possible. of mana rocks out there. And, Without a doubt. Yeah. And even like mana doublers, like uh, Mirari's Wake. Yeah. You got the ability yeah. to do that if you're playing multiple colors. I, I agree. This is almost like yeah. a sleeper card where th this, this, <laughs> this card alone almost makes me want to build Voltron just because of yeah. this. Where it's it's a sneaky gross card. Again, even yeah, though it's it Azorius, you have that sort of like, cool, already you lost all your stuff. Yeah, it's fine now. <laughs> it's like yeah, stuff exactly. like that that is very characteristic of fairies that we are seeing a change towards and I like what we're seeing in Eldraine because Eldraine is kind of highlighting um, the original concept of fae in sort mm -hmm. of like this uh, Arturian lore this Celtic lore where fae are these otherworldly ethereal beautiful beings that are either super strong and powerful and just, just, just awe inspiring or are tricksters because um, there's very many different types of fae in Celtic lore. They're not just little pixies with wings. They're yeah. full-sized people, ethereal, like godlike looking creatures. Um, and so we see that in this with Oko. He's one of those, you know. So there's like an integration of fae lore that is not just, you know, like what you would assume fairies to be like Disney fairies or, yeah. you know, like Peter Pan fairies. You know, you see like the fae, like... See, kind of expressed yeah, in different aspects yeah you see they, they've definitely brought it more to the forefront and, and more fantasy like not just the typical um like you're saying not the typical what we've seen in the past mischievous yeah. and you know stealing stuff it's no yeah. i like it it's I, i'm pretty much in love with this set now this set now i mean standard is still pretty new here there are a lot of cool standard cards here but just the flavor of this set is mm -hmm. just ridiculous um with that yeah I, I think this has been one of my favorite sets just flavor and lore wise in a long time um yeah yeah because I, I think flavor because i do say the last set that i really 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 enjoyed altogether was dominaria and that that to me because i've been playing magic for so long um yeah i mean i i I'm one of those to where I would not mind if magic went back to Dominaria and just stayed there for the rest of its existence because yeah. I love that world so much. Um, uh -huh. But it's no, it. I I almost kind of wish we were staying longer in Eldraine and not just this yeah. one set. I, I do mean, too. I want to go back to Theros because I love the Greek mythology and all that. But mm -hmm. it's I wish we had one more set of this. Yeah, I would like to see something with Lorwyn too. Um, even though I know that we're kind of already in the realm within Lorwyn, a Lorwyn esque plane. Um, Eldraine we, we is something that I really wish there. we do. With that, one hundred percent that we do. Because yeah, what um, Lorwyn came out in what two thousand eight, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, something like that. 
it for me is the set that hooked me into magic you know when i was first building i would go to my uh lgs pick up long boxes and go through singles instead of buying cards straight up Mm -hmm. and i would just find the cards that i thought were really interesting with her art and their creature types and lorwyn was without a doubt the consistent you know set that like pulled me in i mean to this day it's my favorite plane um What, what is your first magic set that you started playing okay so when i first started playing magic i went to my lgs Mm-hmm. And pre-release for was it? I want to say it was Battle for Zendikar. Okay. It was where I have a really bad memory of it because I didn't play in it. I just went to my LGS to buy singles. It was the tower, you know, pre-release box that had orange and green on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? The tower with orange and green. Yeah, it was like like a. T- it was like it wasn't like a the square box that we have now. It was like a thin. Mm tower with like orange and green that, on that it might have been battle for zendikar i want to say it is battle for zendikar yeah, that's around I'm, the time i started to see playing. If i still have my i may have gotten rid of it no i don't think i have it yeah so that was my first like that that is the exact time was like the day i went to mail just that pre-release was happening um as for my first pre-release event was um i want to say it was shadows over innistrad well well so what what was your um when did you get into magic? Like what set was out at the time or do you remember uh, that? Uh, all I can <laughs> say is like I know like literally when I started playing was when Battle for Zendikar pre release okay. happened. So I wanna say Battle for Zendikar. Because okay. uh I had maybe been playing for a week at that time, maybe even less. Um and then I just like went to the LGS with my ex, uh, and we were like, Cool, let's like buy some cards, like for a date yeah. and then it was like, I was like, what the hell is all these people doing here? And they're like, oh, it's pre-release. And I went, what is that? <laughs> and um, ever since uh, Shadows Over Innistrad in my time of playing, which is four years in December. It's really um, been four years since that came out? Shadows Over I want to say, I remember that I started playing around like the winter months. I'm so bad with this time and you're probably hating me right now. Like, no, 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 it's fine. It's I just fine. know that for a hundred percent that it was was it in december well no 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 it came out april 2016 but i to, I, I guess the older i get the more it feels like it just came out yesterday to me i just remember that the first time like the first pre-release i saw and i didn't even play it was that i play i started playing i want to say in um because battle for zendikar came game. out in 2014 i want to say 2014 am, am i or was it 2015? I oh, it was 2015. It was 2015. Okay, there we go. Because I was like, that was my freshman year, and I didn't start dating my ex until like sophomore, which was 2015. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I have my timeline with this, which is very like broken. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the first pre-release I ever played was Shadows. Um, I, I like that set. That was a good set. It was fun. That was a good set. I absolutely tanked at pre-release. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I went to pre-release because I did a midnight one. My last midnight pre-release that I ever did. I did the first round. I had a really awesome deck. It was really, really good. Had opened up a bunch of bombs, won my first match, and then I gave the win to my opponent because I'm like, I'm literally falling asleep in my chair right now. And I'm like, I don't do midnight for a reason. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. It's I I refuse to do midnight anymore. And Yeah. yeah, that was my last one. Yeah, I really wish I had a better timeline. All I know is that I started dating like my ex officially in like November, and I remember when he and I were like going out. 
We went to the Battle for Zendikar, like, pre-release day, because I remember I saw all the boxes, and I was like, what the hell is this? Um, so it's, like, somewhere in that time frame. I like to say that my, like, start to magic was in, like, November to December area, okay. um, because I really feel so bad for not remembering. I know I have a Facebook post of me with my ex teaching me on Facebook somewhere in my memories, um, and yeah, I know I that for you put a fact. It on Twitter or something too. Give me like maybe let me see if I can like pull it up then <laughs> the <laughs> on my Facebook because I'd actually like to know specifically like the time. Um, so let's see on this day, which goes to memories. Can you like search through memories or I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Let's see. Maybe we'll type in like memories teach magic. That's not high school teach. I'm trying to go through your Twitter timeline here to see if I don't think it's gonna be on there. Oh, I thought I thought I remember you posting, or maybe that was someone else. I don't remember. I don't too. particularly remember. I am a little bit mad at myself. I'm gonna find it because I actually want to know the exact time because I have a picture of him sitting on the floor teaching me how to play with a kitchen table deck that had Zathra Necromancer, deck, Death Cultist, uh, Child of Night. Um, like I remember, like my first ever deck I built was a kitchen table mono black life gain. Nice. deck nice. which was so much fun oh my god it was an absolute like charm of a deck to play um i'm like literally going back in time right now on my phone like i'm like <laughs> i'm like like i'm going through like my mobile uploads on like facebook i'm like i know i have this up here somewhere i know you're because i really oh. i want to know the answer god because that reminds me of i always love telling this story because i've been playing like i feel old even though i'm not that mm -hmm. old um um, so I started playing Magic back when Urza Saga was out back in 1996, mm -hmm. and um, we the we didn't have an L, we didn't have LGSs here for like ever, not until like 20 or 2005, 2006. So yeah. I didn't even know I didn't even know Friday Night Magic even existed. We we had a sports card shop that would set that had a little collection of uh, Urza Saga box where you just buy booster packs, and that was it. And yeah. I remember, you know, begging my mom to buy me some and she bought me a bunch. And the thing that we the thing that we would trade for the most besides just individual cards would be basic lands because none of my friends and I had basic lands at all because they because no, there was nothing in the area that sold intro decks or anything like that or even mm -hmm. even land stations. So I always remember like my first deck was a mono green stompy deck, but I had islands in the deck too. Cause I'm like, Oh guys, just pretend these are forests. All right. Was, I'll, I'll never forget that. And now it's like, I can't, I have too many basic lands now that I yeah. can just get rid of. I have boxes upon boxes and upon boxes of basics, just like everywhere. God, it's, um, it's, it's a lot. Now, now I'm slowly working on, reducing my magic collection i'm trying to get it to a point to where i i found it oh you did but what date <laughs> yes. what date was it december 5th december 5th 2015 yes december 5th 2015 is me taking a picture of my ex as we're playing kitchen table on the ground he has <laughs> i have a zathrid necromancer and a um what's that car it's Skull, skull cultist. Oh, I see the art. It's like a guy, and he's like going like, "Ha ha!" Like, you're asking me. the wrong person. Here. I'm so bad at this. I'm, um, I'm so bad like at. I'm so bad at remembering card names, and 
all that stuff. It's I, I'm lucky I even know how to play magic sometimes. I'm so bad at remembering. Found it. I'm really happy. So now I have the exact date, December 5th. This is my magic anniversary. Well, see, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And you're coming up on what, four years. Gonna... I know. That's oh, so great. Man. That's exciting. Who knew I'd be here? I know, right? <laughs> like, what I'm doing. I certainly like, don't. Did you ever see yourself like even playing magic this long here or even doing content creation for it or? No, <laughs> no. I did not. Um, so when so I was, what got you started in it then? My ex-boyfriend actually, which is oh. like, you know, the answer that I feel like would be like, oh, you're playing for your boyfriend. Here's the deal. It's an embarrassing story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> we were playing a game of like kitchen table downstairs in the common room because he lived in kind of an apartment style area where there was yeah. like a big common room from everyone in the building and then common rooms in each room. Yeah. And we were in the big common room from everywhere. And he like was playing against a friend of ours. And he like did like this big like combo thing that had like eight different things going on. And I was like, that's kind of that's kind of attractive. And I like looked at him and I was like, um, yeah, like that's literally, I like it's embarrassing for me. But I was, I looked at him afterwards. I was like, hey, can we go to Walmart and buy some packs? And he goes, you really want to buy some packs? I'm like, I really want to buy some packs. So I bought some packs. Um, and then we went to uh, Olive Garden, and he was like, all right, hun, leave the packs inside in the car. And I was like, I want to open them at the table. So we went to Olive Garden. We sat down, and I opened booster packs, and I got a Philidor Sovereign, and a uh, no, yeah, Philidor Sovereign. That's the one that gives you. However many life you win the game. Yeah. Um, and then I pulled uh, the flip Nissa. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that Nissa. Mm-hmm. And those were like the two cards I remember like 100%. There was a third pack. I don't remember what I got, but I was like, I got it. And he freaked out. I was like, why are you freaking out? And he goes, that's such a good card. <laughs> so um, that was like my introduction to magic uh, was him. And uh, when he and I dated for about like three years yeah about three years three and a half years mm -hmm. um and then uh we split and i didn't think i could do magic anymore because playing it you know was like what we did and yeah. it felt very painful for me um but i kept up with it i found an lgs in my area and it recultivated my love for the game and gave me such a strong sense of community there um, which eventually led to me trying to create and help cultivate a stronger community online. That's good. That's good. Yeah. No, that's awesome. No, because I can remember, you know, you bussing onto the Twitter scene. <laughs> and, um, now, and, and that's what I really like, um, especially with your article that you wrote, uh, mm -hmm. the fourth one about women and magic or, yeah. you know, talking about supporting other women. And, you know, I have two daughters and, um, you know, to me, it's, I've tried to get them into magic. Um, they know how to play. They, I think they try to appease me sometimes with wanting to play, but I can tell they don't really have a lot of fun. Um, and it's, but I'm not going to like force them into it. I, I never force them into anything that they yeah. don't want to do, but you know, it's, I, I, I like when I see like what you write where, mm -hmm. you know, women supporting women and then also trying to, you know, showcase more women in the community like yeah. that. It, Cause to me, it's important because, you know, I think of my daughters and, you know, I want to make sure that they have good role models and all that good stuff. And, you know, that, that yeah. I think that's probably been my favorite article you wrote for the Cabal Therapy one. Yeah, I'm glad. I, um, I do have to say that when I was thinking about these articles, um, I, my original, uh, concept for that article was to just do you know women in magic the issues we face mm -hmm. and then I was talking to um, 
Kaya underscore Vess, you know, the girl with the lotus tattoo. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know what? I see so much of that. You should talk about women supporting women. And I kind of that kind of hit me because I didn't really see a lot of the articles out there. You know, there's certainly plenty of women supporting women in magic. And I find that to be fantastic. But I always, she was right. Uh, a lot of the articles I saw were about, you know, these are the things that happen to us and they suck, um, but we're strong. And those articles are fantastic and they're true. But, you know, I really liked her take on it, which was um, what can we do to make each other stronger and each other feel better and each other feel welcomed in the community rather than, you know, like the things that happen to us and what we can do after it's what we can do now with each other currently. And I took that idea and ran with it. And I just like, I shouted her out. She was just, it was an absolutely fantastic idea. And I, I wouldn't have been able to get to it without her. Um, because you know, she was right. Like I was immediately drawn to the negative mm-hmm. and what we should be talking about is not the negative, but the positive. And for some reason that just didn't occur to me. <laughs> no. And, and I like that and commend you for it because it's, it, you're right because every because every article I can think of that I've seen that talks about women in magic is how it's always been negative like what the experiences they've gone through and yeah. you know what what people can and should do better but then yeah. you never I, I don't at least unless I'm wrong I cannot recall an article similar to yours where it talks about supporting each other and trying yeah. to build a better community because you know it, that basically needs to happen and and it's hard because i know i've gone through this in content creation where it's really easy to see everything as being competitive yeah and because it's you know i i come from a competitive background not just with magic but i've done martial arts for a long time in my life so and basically when you're fighting that you're being competitive right you want to win yeah um and so content creation for a long time i thought of that as i just need to win content creation right and mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's hard. It's hard to not see it as a competition. And, yeah. You know. It's, uh, no, go on. Go it's on. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I struggle with that too. I find myself, like I said earlier in the beginning, you know, I'm I'm a person who's very self-critical mm-hmm. um, with everything I do. I'm a perfectionist by nature, um, despite the fact that I'm very lazy. Um, so that constantly I, I, I kind of know what you mean. <laughs> fights each other. But um, for me, there are moments where I feel uh, like a fraud in the community, you know? Oh, like I um, who, who you know, someone who does not. To? <laughs> it's like I'm, someone I'm like I like, the, it's like I don't belong because, uh, you know, I'm competitive. Here. It, and <laughs> it's a struggle. It's a struggle to oh, like yeah. look at others and compare yourself when you're doing and talking about completely different things but it's that it's that inherent nature within us where we have to compare ourselves Mm -hmm. and for me that has been a big struggle to not do i i still do it i'm certainly not like perfect by any means i'll tell i text friends all the time like hey am i am i crazy for feeling this way and they're like no you know you're passionate or you know no you're having a bit of a rough day and you know like you keep pushing and you're you're growing and everything's great and you know that may be true but it's really hard in the moment when you feel like <laughs> like you're just not doing enough even though you're putting oh, yeah. your blood sweat and tears into it um 
No, I mean, even now, I still feel like I don't do enough despite the fact that I have a podcast, I stream, I write articles on my Patreon, and I have written articles in the past. It's like four things, and I'm like, God, I don't do enough. (laughs) I'm like, I can do better. It's very true because one of the things that, and it's really hard, I think, for a lot of people's egos to get over the fact that when you start something like content creation, and I'll just use myself as an example. I've been doing content creation for Magic for, I want to say maybe almost five years because I've been only doing my podcast for almost four years now. Um, Before that, I was writing articles too, um, mainly like deck guides and stuff, mainly about EDH. And um, and and it's really hard that I've been doing this for this many years. And then you see someone come along and they may have only started their YouTube channel or, or podcast, whatever, for a couple months. And then you see them like skyrocket and blow up and you're like, what am I doing wrong? You know, it's like, yeah. And it, it's something that 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 is probably one of the hardest things to accept that not everyone's growth is going to be the same. And you may never get lucky enough to where you're going to, quote unquote, blow up like other yeah. people. It just it takes it takes a lot of different factors. Um, and I'm thankful that I've been able to get to where I am now mm-hmm. um, from where I was. Because I remember when I first was started on Twitter, I uh, like made a jo- uh, like a tweet joke Um like a random like hashtag like tweet joke i wasn't really in the community i had like maybe 100 followers and then that tweet got like 700 likes and just blew up and then from there it was just kind of like an upward sort of climb yeah. um you know it certainly hasn't always been <laughs> the easiest thing like very early on uh i was featured in unsleeved media video and uh oh, god that felt uh, <laughs> some type of way. And I was a baby in, in the whole like Twitter scene too. Yeah. So it was like a lot. Um, but I've also seen some fantastic growth in terms of like the content I do, my like handle brand, whatever you want to call it. I just like to see the fact that people, you know, kind of enjoy what I do. And I know it's gonna sound really mushy, <laughs> but on my um, most recent stream, I got like super emotional. And I started like crying <laughs> live <laughs> on stream because it just, I don't know, the fact that people want to see me succeed in any small aspect, the fact that, you know, they would do something like very small as like donate a, like $1 <laughs> just yeah. to help me get towards an emote fund, like the small thing like that, it impacts me so much i wouldn't be here without any of the people who watch my streams or on patreon you know even just like like my tweets like i really would not be here i wouldn't be doing this with you because i they have provided for me so much not only in terms of like hey like i really want my podcast to be better we should i really would love to get a mic help me get the mic like it wasn't it's not even just in that aspect but the fact that it is a sense of community that I was setting out to find Mm -hmm. the fact that people want to have that with me and see me, you know, rise, however small. And and, and it's a strange feeling, right? Because it's, it is, you know, and I don't know about you, but it's, I had a similar thing, you know, back on my birthday, back in August where I had, you know, I just tweeted out something like, hey, it's my birthday or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. I had so much outpour for my little community where, you know, people wishing me well and all this stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, it really makes you think like, holy shit, there are people that, you know, like me and care about me and want to see me succeed. And it's 
to me, I, I'm very similar. I'm very self-critical. I'm my harshest critic. I There's a lot of times I feel like I don't deserve anything and yeah. you know, all that stuff. And so when I see that, my immediate reaction is to shut down and be like, no, you're lying or, you know, it's I don't believe yeah. you or anything like that. So it's as I've gotten older, it's I try to accept it. There's still times where I'm like, yeah, you're full of shit, whatever, Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's um, it, it is nice to see. And it's it's tough. It's, you know, to accept praise i guess it's hard to still it's harder than accepting yeah. criticism yeah because criticism <laughs> it really I, is because criticism you, can you be tell like me, yeah man i am shit yeah <laughs> exactly right. i was just about to say the same thing like like oh yeah oh yeah your podcast sucks i'm like yeah i know this yeah <laughs> you're, you're right yeah. i mean you're not <laughs> so, telling like, me anything people, i don't know <laughs> yeah so like when you hear people like praise what you do you're like i don't know what you're talking about friend um but like for me like one of the biggest moments for me that made me feel like like fantastic not besides like me crying on stream yeah. and people reaching out when my tire it literally like ripped off my car um was uh when i was uh, open in richmond and um uh i had someone come up and they're like hey can you sign my growth spiral and that oh, was like awesome. super awesome for me i felt so and then it showed up on uh on a on coverage too and so someone was like chase you made it on coverage and i was like oh and it was just my signature um, and that was great and i've actually had some people reach out because i i've been like yeah i'm going to star city atlanta i'm going to star city con uh, i've had a couple of people be like yeah like when i see you there i want you to sign some cards for me and i'm like that for me like is like, like up here like that is like the end all be all for me like i kid you not like doesn't matter how many followers I have. It doesn't matter like how well my Twitch is or my YouTube is. The fact that somebody wants my weird signature on a piece of cardboard just like thrills me. Yeah, like even it, if it's only like two people, I'm like, holy crap, that's two people who want my signature. Yeah. That's it, so it, great. I, I remember last year when Channel Fireball was doing the spell slingers for content creators. I went to grand prix dallas and i was featured there and i was just really thinking I, I i really hyped myself up to thinking oh no one's gonna show up no one's gonna even want to like meet me or anything the entire time that i was there i was like busy with people for the four hours i was supposed to appear quote unquote and i'm just thinking yeah. myself holy shit i didn't even have a break and i signed some cards and i'm like thinking this is the weirdest just like you think this is like the weirdest experience ever someone's my yeah. fucking signature and all that yeah it, it was really cool and you know it's humbling too in a sense yeah. where you don't realize sometimes you don't even realize the impact you may have on people where and and it's a, i retweeted something out the other day where you know you may have even though you may not hear from a lot of people, you may have silent fans, right? People yeah. who cheer you on no matter what, but they may never talk to you or anything. But yeah. they love listening and watching your stuff all the time. And, you know, that kind of makes me feel better about it, too. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I look at my podcast downloads. Obviously, someone's downloading it and listening to it. They may never talk to me, mm -hmm. but someone's out there listening to it. So, yeah. It's just it's a great feeling. Like I was streaming the other night and an anonymous person uh, like cheered like a thousand bits. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> how, cool. see, what are the bits? What are, are, how much are bits or whatever? Like, uh, so like it, it, it's like bits are like ugh, it's like a weird way to describe it. So they're like, they're like little like, yay, like little cheers. Yeah. Um, they're kind of like little like 
digital Twitch coins. So like oh, okay. certain amount of dollars get just certain amount of bits and you can share however many amount of bits you want to a streamer and that goes towards their revenue. Um, so if you're like, God, like I don't really have okay. enough to like subscribe, you know, like I'll like cheer for them instead. Well, I should look at how many bits I've been cheered at before because I know I've had people cheer me bits and I've just... I would always be like, yay, cool bits. I don't know what they're for. <laughs> yeah, that's money. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so, like, stuff like that just, like, means the world to me. The fact that people want to, like, help contribute to something, no matter how small it is for me, is, like, fantastic. Like, I have, um, I don't have it next to me right here, but I have a notebook um, filled with all, like, my magic stuff. Yeah. And I have a list of people who, like, helped me, like, get my microphone, who helped me get my keyboard, who, like, oh, cool. helped me, like, who, like, are on my Patreon. And as soon as my uh, tokens are done, I'm sending them outside tokens. It feels very weird to do that because I'm, like, that makes me, I, I think of myself as, like, being, like, oh, that's, like, that's, like, me being, like, very self-absorbed that people would want that from me. But, like, I don't yeah. know. And I keep beating myself about that. So I'm, I'm really, like, I don't want it to come across as vain. But I'm, like, you know, like, this is something that's really cute and means something to me. And, like, yeah, like, I'm not a grinder. So I'm not on the scene. You're not going to see me a lot, you know. So, like, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But, like, the fact that I have had the kind of growth I've had despite not being that is kind of shocking. So uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna kind of do this. So I, the fact that like people want that is like fantastic. So I was like, you know what? Like, because I, I was originally just gonna be like, you know, whenever I'm in an event, I'll hand them out. But I'm like, you know, the people who have helped me in times of need, in terms of just emotional need, you know, times where I'm like so sad, like when my car, you know, mm-hmm. my tire broke, I was just like an absolute wreck and like i would just have these like sweetest kindness messages private messages follow messages of people being just talking to me and worrying about me stuff like that means the world to me and so like i want to give back and even if it's like in a small little way like here's a little token i if you if you want it i hope you do (laughs) something like that to me is just like it it just like it's really impactful to me and so i kind of want to you know give back not in the way that's like you know like you know give back but like y'all have done something amazing for me the least i can do is something like this and that's kind of what i want to do so as soon as they're in in and done i have my notebook full of people (laughs) and i'm just going to be just sending stuff out to (laughs) uh, signed or unsigned whatever they want you know it's a little uh one one black fairy because it's the fairy from bitter blossom so well that's awesome yeah it's awesome it's it's you know it, it always feels good it's um you know like if i had never you know, I've met some of my really good friends doing content creation here. Um, you know, I, I do the other podcast, 10 Street Hooligans, with um, uh, John Dunning, Pixie Kitten, Johnny Slivers, and Coach. And, um, you know, if, if, if it wasn't for doing this podcast, I would have never met them. And, you know, I wouldn't have met, heck, I never would be talking to you right now or, you know, talking to any of the people I've interviewed. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's I, I sort of love this because, you know, Every time I go to a Grand Prix or an Open, uh, whenever I do get a chance to go, you know, I can start meeting up with other content creators and yeah. you know, talking to them. And, you know, it, it's it's fun. It, it's a fun time. And it's it's a crazy thing we do. And it's um, mm-hmm. it's it can be very exhausting, but also very rewarding at the same time. Yeah, because it's a lot of times you always have to feel like you're on. That's why I don't stream too much. Because if I don't think people want to see me how I really am when I'm playing Magic Arena, because most of the time I'm just sort of like sitting there like, yep, click, 
click. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not very, I feel like I'm not very entertaining per se. Yeah. Um, I have a, arena. I have a bit of an entertainer personality. So like for me, like if, uh, if I'm like not playing, like if I'm not streaming while playing arena, I'm going to be the exact same way, except that I'm not going to be like talking 24 seven. I'll still have my same reactions. Um, like when someone wins, someone loses, I'm like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like in your face, like I'm like really animated about that even when I'm by myself. Um, so for me, the streaming aspect kind of, for me is fun because it, it it's just sort, like the weird like thing about like having or something for you. Well, not even like that. It's just like, I really like having that, um, I don't know, like that conversation with people. I know it sounds yeah. like I can't really put my finger on it, but when I stream, I'm on, but it's not, a, it's not a disingenuous sort of on. It's like, I, I can be, I can be my animated self and happy self in the, in the comfort and privacy of my own home, but still have that interaction with people, yeah. you know? So it's like, it's like I can play, I can be goofy, I can be silly. And you know, people choose to see that. <laughs> it's not like, Oh, like I'm going to watch Chase. I really hope to God she's not being a fucking weirdo. And then I'm just being a fucking weirdo. Um, <laughs> see, that, I mean, that's like, what my podcast is for me. It's <laughs> yeah. where I can, and I'm not really being on per se, but it's just, you know, having conversations with people like yeah. you and, or even when I do my solo episodes where I talk to myself for an hour talking about magic or whatever. And then by the time I'm done, it's like, I don't even know what I said. At that yeah. Point. <laughs> for me, it just gives me that, that, chance to be myself the social mm -hmm. yeah. version of myself in a, in a in a way that is still relaxing for me because i like i don't know i really like streaming i like having that entertainer thing it's it's fun it's it's very fun for me to just be like goofy and silly and you know talking to you i my favorite thing to do is interact with chat that's my favorite thing to do. I love to ask them about their day, talk to them about spoilers. My, I love having them help me choose cards in a draft. Like that was my first stream was I was like, we're drafting. I don't want this to be like where you watch me draft. I want you to choose my cards and we're going to play the deck we built together. That was what I like to do because I like having that interaction because yeah, yeah I'm just starting out. I'm a, I'm a baby streamer. You know, my stream like view counts are slowly, slowly, slowly rising. You know, I finally got a raid for the first time in forever. It was small, but I was like, oh my God, a raid. You know, like for yeah. me, like having like that group of people interact with me, it's fun because it's like, you know, like I see you see your name you want to talk you want to be there you're not just lurking if you're looking that's fine too i understand but like the interaction piece is what i i really like because i see a lot of streamers you know in in any aspect whether it be in, in magic or any other game who will just play the game i'll be playing and they'll be quiet and they'll be doing this they'll be like yep all right cool uh i see that chat says uh there's a new mod coming out I'll just keep going like that and like I don't like that like I want to I want to be stupid I want to be silly I want to talk to you I want to interact with you like I don't even care in, in any aspect how was your day what did you do what are you excited for for these cards like even when I did my first like stream where I played music I was like I really want to like interact with chat if you want a song recommendation you know donate any amount small as a dollar as much as you want however you want doesn't matter I'll play the song and like I like got some cool new music like I learned about the other day and like songs that I knew that I didn't even know I knew and like it was that interaction for me is the most important part about streaming you have it, it does for me it, you talk 
and yes. But yeah. for me, it's that that right there is what matters the most is that you are your most genuine self. Because at the end of the day, if you donate, cool. If you don't, also cool. But I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't stream if it wasn't fun for me. Um, there are days where I just like stream for the hell of it. <laughs> like if I, when my classes is canceled, I'm like, I could do homework or I could stream. Um, <laughs> so I'll just like pick it up. Like for me, it is that chance where I can show you that I'm more than a username, that I'm more than mana curves, that I'm more than just a girl who plays magic on the internet. Uh, I'm a person who has shared interests and I want to talk about them with you. I'm interested in what you do in your day and you know you're interested in my day you know there have been times where I've cried in front of you where I've expressed frustrations to you about things that have happened in front of me and it is humanizing to see streamers um, I think because it puts it, it yeah you, you have a Twitter avatar you have your face yeah. you see my face on there mm-hmm. but you have that you hear my voice you see my expressions. You see when I get excited. Yeah, you see, you when get I get to see sad. how you actually are. And yeah, it's just, it's just, it, it, it shows you that it's not I'm real. Or anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I know sounds very weird, you know, like you know, I'm real. But like when you really think about it, we as individuals are so, you know, in our own box of our life. Mm-hmm. You know, what we see is our movie, our experience. You know, we're the main character of our TV show. So when you see other people. You know, you're like, oh, cool, it's uh, another character in the TV show. Or, you know, like, you know, you see them for face value. And I, th- I think stuff like streaming helps kind of show you depth past that, you know, in any sort of aspect. Um, even in podcasts, too, but you don't see you don't see this. You don't see my joy, my frustration. You know, yeah. you don't see me when I get sad. I mean, like, yeah, people haven't seen me cry up until recently, but I cry. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't get to see me yeah on on the on twitter you know you get to see what i want to show you which is you know me in a you know pretty selfie posing you know my wins but on stream you see my losses you see the process i go with making this happen you know sometimes i have glitches you see you see me you see the imperfections you don't see the you don't see the and that's always one of the downsides of social social media anybody everybody always wants to show the good you know show the the perfect life and everything and and i i see where you're coming from with that yeah Mm -hmm. for for sure and it's um and may and maybe you know you you hit on a point maybe that's a reason why i don't like streaming because i don't want people to see my Mm -hmm. imperfect self you know, because I always hold myself up to such a high standard and yeah, or, or I just feel like maybe I'm just really boring, too, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I streaming was something I felt like was in, I was incapable of and I'm doing yeah. it now and I find out that I love it. But um, I mean, even like here right now, like I'm, you know, tank top, I have no makeup on. You know, I mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. It's been a long day. We're recording this at midnight right now. Oh my god! <laughs> at least it in my time passed. zone. No, it's yes, it's it past is. midnight for me. Oh my god. Yeah. So like, <laughs> for me, this is like 
I'm just like, I didn't even know that, honest to God, I'm so sorry. I, I expected this to just be audio. And so the fact that it's video, I was like, you know what? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Good. I should have mentioned that. It's, <laughs> You're you know, fine. It's... It doesn't matter. Like, it's not going to, like, impact me negatively. I mean, like, this is my genuine self. I stream usually with makeup on because makeup makes me feel happy. And I like yeah. doing that. And that's an artistry for me. But most of the time I wake up, you know, shower in the morning, put on clothes, go to school. I look just like this. Hair in a ponytail, glasses, tank top, sports bra go to school you know mm -hmm. go to work same thing you know i mean like this is me a lot of the time like i love to do makeup but with my busy schedule sometimes i don't have the time to do it so it just it's really just I, honestly i kind of like it because it kind of shows you know like i'm not always like like the like the straightened hair because my hair is like super wavy with like <laughs> you know like the eyebrows you know with without me doing my makeup i have very like light yeah. eyebrows they're not like filled in you don't have my mascara on so it looks like i'm like really weird with my eyes you know you can see the bags under my eyes like i'm just like this the, is me this is chase this is you right <laughs> yeah, now. yeah it is it's just sort of like this weird you know awkward <laughs> odd person who like laughs weird and is i like to describe myself as chaotic <laughs> and, and, which is a very weird way to describe it but if you ask anybody in my lgs uh mike and jose specifically will uh you know attest to the fact that i am a absolute fucking weirdo in real life with with no filter <laughs> yeah, i am very I mean, I, weird I, I think a lot of us are it's um yeah you know especially when we're you know around friends and being able to relax and all that stuff um yeah but no and, and that's good and that's probably what draws a lot of people to you is you know you can show your genuine self like that and um mm -hmm. and you know and i feel like that what that's what f for content creators it's easy when starting off to sort of put on a face and put on an yeah be an entertaining well not, not not to be an entertainer but to sort of put on a facade like that but, yeah. now, but now i feel like we're getting to a point where people don't want the fakeness anymore people want actual people actual how they actually are right and and i feel people yeah. people are more attracted to the genuineness when people showcase that and people don't want just a happy-go-lucky person because not everybody's happy all the time, right? I mean, yeah. not not everyone's like that all the time. And if you're happy 24-7, I want to know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for that's kind of when, like when looking at creation, content creation, I really started out as wanting to be that sort of like I'm – pretty i'm perfect i play magic yeah. you know like because that was what you know i didn't know what to do and mm -hmm. i kind of got to the point where i'm like i want to express myself and so i started doing that more i started being vocal about my opinions um and it's been kind of great <laughs> like i didn't expect it to you know take me anywhere i just wanted to be myself and in magic I, I can be myself. Um, I can be loud. <laughs> I can be, you know, um, excited. I can be passionate. I can be strong. Um, mm -hmm. In many moments of my life where I felt very weak or I've been viewed as weak, where I felt unsafe in situations where now I feel like I would be an advocate. Um, you know, stuff like that for me is is kind of <laughs> important. Um, yeah. And as I feel like has led me to where I am now is that now in um, magic has kind of strengthened my resolve 
uh, as a person and therefore I, you know, continue to be strong in the community. So now we're now when instead of, you know, like when people it's like, for instance, like I had somebody recently say something very sexist towards me. I looked at him and I was like, are you, are you fucking kidding me, dude? That was like, that was not an okay thing to say. Whereas yeah. in the past I would have been like really quiet. I would have said nothing. I would have gone home. I would have cried about it. And like, so, I mean, like that's not an exaggeration. Like for me, that's just no. You so don't, you don't say that. Well, yeah, yeah. But do do you consider that being <laughs> you speaking up like that? Do you feel that's more because of you just playing magic, or because you're starting to be more doing content creation and speaking out more? What, not what, even it, it. It's not even like that. It's just you know my self worth is often tied to external things mm -hmm. you know my appearance how well i am a content creation you know how well i play the game am i a good player you know stuff like that um and it got to the moment where i realized that you know and this because i'm really like self-absorbed but i'm kind of awesome like i know that sounds weird or well self-absorbed or mm -hmm. what have you but like there gets to be a point where I was telling this person, like I had sat down, I played magic with him before, everything was fine. I looked at this person and I said, you know what? I'm really excited. You know, I just hit four, because it was at a moment where I just hit 4,000 followers. I was like, I just hit 4,000 followers on Twitter. You know, uh, I don't use my Instagram, but I have like 3,000 there. And, um, you know, I have a podcast. I'm writing these articles and I'm a sponsored player now. That's awesome. And I said all these accomplishments that I was proud of. Like, I was proud in that moment that I, mm -hmm. me being this person who was so self-critical and insecure with herself in many aspects of my life, you know, I feel inadequate at times. And for me to, like, be like, that I am proud. And to have someone look at me and and, and basically say to me, you know, you have only succeeded because you're a woman. And he didn't say it in that way. He said it in a little bit of a cruder way yeah. um, with a hand gesture or so. But I, that crushed me. It really crushed me to have something that I have worked hard at um, and something that I'm passionate about and I spend money to do um, kind of just tossed aside as you know sheer <laughs> luck because you know you're the girl who plays magic and that's why you're so like that's why you're successful that's why you're sponsored because you have boobs and you play and that felt horrible did you say to anything to him because that's yeah i like stared at him i was dumbfounded for a second to be completely honest i just stared at him the complete i was like what the I I, yeah. I, I, I had nothing was coming out and I was it was in a four pod of commander and I two of the other two players were my friends and they stared at him <laughs> and they both kind of spoke up and they went what the fuck that's some and my friend was like that's some sexist ass shit and I looked at him and because of them I was able to sort of find my voice again mm -hmm. out of the sheer moment where I was like it, the, the silence had stopped and I was like I literally looked at him I'm like that's not that's not okay. I literally was like, what the fuck? That's not okay. And um, he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, it just came out of my mouth. I like didn't think. And I'm like, it, no, it doesn't matter. The fact that you took my accomplishments and, and you diminished them. them. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it felt horrible. 
and after that experience I streamed like maybe two days later and I uh, was talking about it on stream just because it was still impacting me so much that I just kind of like word vomited Mm -hmm. on stream and I was tearing up a little bit like this was something that made me feel horrible because I cannot you know I can't control like this you know my it's 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 who I am I I I play magic I'm a woman you know and it, it was very horrible to see that somebody felt that the minimal amount of success I had uh, could only be attributed to the fact that I was being viewed as a sexual object uh, for others enjoyment I guess yeah, and, and not because of the felt. hard work you've put into yeah. it you know yeah I mean it's and, not like you're busting your butt you know to try to get to where you're at you know it's yeah. and, and that's what frustrates me it's and, and and that's that frustrates me and i'm not saying i understand where you're coming from but a lot of people yeah. don't see the behind the scenes stuff that goes on no no one understands yeah. like people who aren't in content creation and you know especially where you've gotten just don't see what you all have to deal with behind the scenes you know they there, just see it, the glitz and glam and all that and they don't see the hard work behind it there's there's a lot of pain and not it's like that sounds like really horrible but like there's a lot of like you know i'm not good enough you know this thing i'm writing someone's already done it before mm. you know who cares if i write another article about commander everyone's interested in competitive play why oh, yeah. would anybody oh, care yeah. about well, what i'm doing see that's and exactly it, how it, i feel about this podcast where it's you know, I know it's never going to be the number one podcast because I don't talk about competitive play. Right. You know, yeah. it's I, I, I like to do interviews. I like to talk to people like you and I like to do my solo episodes where I talk about random shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Keep going. I, I understand. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, I'm already my own biggest critic. And so having. I don't know, it's it's weird, you know. Because I myself constantly tell myself, you know, like, this isn't good. I'm not good. Everything's bad. Other people are doing better than me. You know, like, all these different things. But, like, when you... And I... It's... Uh, it's... Unfortunately, it's it's a very difficult thing to describe unless you've been in the situation where you are, like, I am working hard. I think my camera just, like, tilted yeah. sideways for, like, <laughs> no reason. What the hell? I, like, noticed. I'm like, Yeah, I thought you fur? moved it for a second. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> stop it. Jeez, my camera hates me. Uh, stop it. No, this is horrible. Okay, we're just going to it there. No, that's but okay. for, okay, but, like, <laughs> to have someone, like, look at you and be like, because of this aspect about yourself that is a part of you that you can't change, uh, that is the reason why you're succeeding. Not because of the hard work you put in, but because this small aspect of you um, that, you know, people like, like that has nothing to do with what you're doing. That's why people like you. And, you know, you, you, you would think, oh, well, like they're saying people like you. Like, no, they're saying that you would not have this success if you were different in this way. For me, it's a very invalidating feeling to have someone look at you and say, you know what, you know, I'd be, if I was a woman, I'd be super popular. You know, like if I, I'm like, I, I'm doing the same thing as you are, but if I was in your shoes, you know, I'd be the same place or something like that. Like it, it's a very invalidating feeling to kind of have your, <laughs> have some, your success equated to, uh, you know, like a really crappy reason. 
um yeah, you know sorry and I'm, you have to deal with that because it's like i'm sure and i i mean i don't know I, it's like because i saw something else that i think you posted another week like you posted a play mat or something and then i saw like, <laughs> a whole bunch of hate with that and it's like i, I don't know I, I i guess i guess what i don't understand like i can actually you know because i i know when i was younger it's like you know trolling on the internet it's easy to do but then it's i i don't know i don't know. I, I guess i just don't understand why people just waste the time or even just like because i saw that hate thread that you posted about and it's just i, I why who cares like yeah. like like i said earlier where you know just because you and i may not agree on everything or i may not like your opinions like who cares you know it's like why i don't i don't get it i don't it just i i don't understand with that <laughs> like one play Matt, i i wanted to take a situation where i have been asked that or as you know yeah, sexist yeah. things have been said towards me and kind of turn it on its head mm-hmm. uh one thing about my personality and in and, and i feel like you can kind of see this on stream but you have to really know me is that i uh, like to joke all the time mm-hmm. i'm and this gonna sound like i'm being like very self-absorbed but like my roommate my old roommates are like they're like the we're the you're the funniest person we know and i'm like you need to know more people but um you know so i really like to like turn situations into humorous ones if at all possible and so for me that was what i was doing is i bought a play mat i was having a bad night literally i bought the play mat after i had that interaction with that guy who told me that you know i am only successful at what i do because i have breasts and um i was like you know i'm gonna buy this play mat (laughs) because it would make me feel better i was like this is funny i want to make it a funny situation i literally i ordered it sitting at the table right across from him i was like i want this um because I wanted to turn it into a situation that I felt empowered by. Um, yeah. That, like, yeah, you have this view of me, and you may have this view of me. I'm still going to beat you. You know, um, you may or may not have it. I'm still going to try and win. So for me, that was kind of like my take on it. Um, so for me, that's kind of why I bought it. And people, some people turned it around into a negative yeah. thing. But, um, you know, I still love that play mat. I've used it many times at my LGS. Uh, I switched back to Chandra because I'm in the Chandra headspace because I'm building my uh, Chandra Tribal ADH. Oh, yeah, but I, I still carry that. that playmat around with me in my uh, my backpack. And I will whip it Good out whenever you. I want to. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very weird to have like a playmat be sort of like a like a social sort of like issue. I didn't really yeah. understand the whole like... Thing with that but i still stand by that that i love that play mat i will not stop using it and if you want to buy it it's on a uh inked uh, inked gaming <laughs> if you really oh. want the play mat oh, good look for it you. up it's on Inked gaming good it's for steel. you steel it's very good well i think that about ends it here uh for us it's been almost two hours here and yeah, it's been, um, <laughs> it's been it's a lot 12 30 and now i just want to thank you a lot for coming and just like yeah shooting the breeze with me it's um, yeah, been a lot of fun um, really appreciate it. Uh, where can people find you and do, or before discussing that, um, do you have anything, any projects coming up you want to tease or anything like that or, or yeah. anything like that? Or <laughs> anything yeah. So I'm, I have a couple things I'm working on actually. Um, one of them is coming up in October. Um, it is something to do with lore. Um, and it'll be a very, interesting thing to see um okay. because uh i really don't want to like spoil it too much but well i, I have, will um, say as of this I recording i hired somebody to help 
I've hired help. I've hired somebody to uh, help with my appearance uh, on oh, the video, okay. Okay. and that is all I will say about that. Well, I will say this: <laughs> this episode will be coming out because uh, it's not next Friday. It'll be the eleventh. So when this releases, awesome. it'll be October eleventh. So perfect. I don't know if It'll that mind. if it will come out before then or after that. Probably late October, early November, depending on the time I have going okay. on this. It's a it's like a passion thing I want to do, and it came up uh, randomly, and I'm trying to like get everything set up for it. But um, okay. that's coming up. I'm also doing some fun collabs with people for uh, EDH stuff, so that'll Ooh, be in the future. Nice. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, doing some voice stuff. Too, that's coming Ooh, up too that's cool um which is really cool um <laughs> and then um as for where you can find me it's very easy i'm mana curves everywhere you got twitter mana curves instagram mana curves twitch mana curves youtube mana curves uh working on that myspace account <laughs> but everywhere <laughs> is uh mana curves Every literally every website I have claimed that title. It is mine. You can rip it from my cold dead hands. (laughs) No, that's good. It's easy to find. Yeah. No, I just want to thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate it. And um, no, just have a great night. All right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Hey, everybody, and thanks for listening and watching the episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. It was, as I said, an amazing interview with Chase, a.k.a. Manicurves, and I think she is an all-around really awesome human being. And if you are not checking out her content or watching her stream or her YouTube channel, just following her on Twitter, please go do yourself a favor and go follow her. Uh, very, very well worth it, and just, I, I think she deserves it because she's a very awesome human Uh, So I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to reach out to me for anything, uh, you can find me on facebook.com slash magicwithzuby, on Twitter at magicwithzuby, on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore zuby. You can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. This show can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and now Spotify, and also on YouTube. Just search magicwithzuby on YouTube. Uh, If you want to help support the show in any way possible, you can check out the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. And you can also check out my sponsor, LegitMTG.com. They've been sponsoring us for almost going on four years and just, I think, about five or six months now. So, yeah, that that's it. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the show and have a great night. All right.